Hello there, welcome along to the podcast Sport and Life, recording this midway through the Liverpool-Manchester City game in the Premier League, the big two of the past few seasons, currently nil-nil. How are you doing? I hope you're well, all your anxieties over health and fitness and wellness and money and mental health and psychology and everything at the moment. I hope you're kind of battling through whatever lockdown you're currently encountering in your part of the world. We're locked down 3.0 in the UK. I thought spring was around the corner, but it's uh, certainly bit back today cold around freezing and overcast trying to do some uh, prep for some diy some painting in the garden painting a fence and then back door front door maybe not the most opportune time to do it but i've taken leave for a holiday we're supposed to take which hasn't materialized it's been postponed again (laughs) had it postponed i think twice due to various lockdowns over the past year um to cut our losses i think get, get a refund but nonetheless we are well and i hope you are too thank you for you for listening to the podcast and thank you to the sponsors huge support of it really appreciative of bangnerovson of cheltenham and serene av specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installations check out bno cheltenham on social media particularly the instagram bangnerovson bno cheltenham on instagram has documents the latest B&O equipment they have in store. Fantastic Wi-Fi mobile speaker system they've got there, which I guess we all need a bit of ambience, a bit of a sound system. And don't we if we're working from home in between the Zooms calls and Teams calls just to kind of lift our spirits from maybe working on something privately. That's uh, probably a good thing to invest in. Lots of people investing actually in big screens at my work, probably to watch the sport over at home more. Big sports fans, of course. I work at Sky Sports as a broadcaster in the day. Uh, but nonetheless, Bang & and Cheltenham's not just B&O stuff through the company's uh, Serene AV. They can get audio, visual equipment, whatever you want, home entertainment systems. So worth checking out B&O Cheltenham website or social media, then get in touch with Jason Briggs, the team lead there. They'll get in touch, offer you a kind of session, find out what you're after, offer some possible solutions and worth just considering uh, that from B&O Cheltenham. Thank you to them. Thank you to Cytoplan for their association with the podcast. Food-based supplements, loving my immune complete, which touch wood has got me through the uh, the winter so far. I remember in the States, you say knock on wood, don't they? In, in America, I believe, when I was there at college. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, I think we haven't got a control group. My father, Dr. Mark Draper, has been a big advocate of Cytoplan's food-based supplements, has worked with them to um, draw together the ingredients for certain supplements, multivitamins in the past. And one that we take is the immune complete range at the moment. So new selection is kind of it succeeded something they used to have called Foundation Formula, company based in the west of England. They design these supplements which are based like food, so it's digested like food. It just tops up gaps in the diet, maybe gaps that nutritional gaps. And my father's been big on as a micronutritionist due to the soil depletion because of industrial farming practices over the past 40, 50 years, trace elements like selenium and zinc dipping. And actually zinc has been mentioned, hasn't it, in the literature around COVID-19 treatment. And uh, in addition to things like vitamin D3, which is in the immune complete range, vitamin D3, you may say, if you're in the States or Australia, but it's that stuff that we harness from the sunlight, which at the moment, if we're tethered in by uh, government restriction with with lockdowns, we're not going to work. We're not even getting that walk to the train or the bus or the car to go to work. We're not getting that daylight. And there's not too much of it around at the moment in the UK and other parts of the Northern Hemisphere. So certainly looking at vitamin D3, and that's part of the immune complete supplement as well if you head to cytoplan.co.uk c-y-t-o-p-l-a-n.co.uk you can get a 30 percent discount off your initial purchase with the discount code draper 10 r d-r-a-p-e-r all capital letters the numbers one zero and then the capital letter r is 30 percent, i believe off your initial 
purchase. And then thereafter, with that code, it's 10% rolling on as well. We still pay for our supplements, by the way, albeit I think about a uh, 30% discount as well. But for many years, we've used it. My dad's even worked for the company as a consultant, GP and micronutritionist, but we still pay for them. And I presume I probably spend, I guess, a thousand, fifteen hundred pounds on supplements a year, which you may not be able to do clearly, but um, we feel it's worthwhile. We don't have a control group, but I've certainly enjoyed the food-based supplements, which hopefully have added to the, the gaps in my diet. In addition, of course, the foundation for me, the big challenge has been sleep, working shift work, having a baby in recent years. That is the, the, certainly the fulcrum that the research, particularly at the University of Berkeley in the States, suggests that sleep is the fulcrum. Then you have exercise, diet, and then I think supplements is just a top up, but I think it's certainly worth doing so, particularly at the moment with our immune system under attack from regular winter and colds, in addition to that spectre of COVID-19. Well, I hope you well, guys. I hope you enjoyed this podcast from Paula Reed. She is an adventurer who is just delving into the world of rowing, just starting to row, and she's now planning to row uh, the small matter of uh, thousands of miles from the Canary Islands, Spanish islands off the coast of Africa, all the way to the Caribbean this coming December for charity for the Noah's Children's Hospice and also the uh, Felix Bomb Disposal Charity as well, two noble goals. And what an inspiring goal just to try and achieve this row as well with three other women. It's called The Mothership, the, the campaign to support, raise awareness for, for mothers out there who have been struggling with the pandemic with a myriad of challenges, homeschool included as well great woman and i guess pushes us in this to consider going out of our comfort zone and the value that we have from that growth that we knew as kids when we were pushed every year my daughter is now six years old learning more to, to read every day to look at the foundations of science and maths and study and pushing herself and being pushed and, and seeing that growth and it's kind of almost natural when you're younger but sometimes we plateau in our work and our hobbies and our activities don't we and it's an interesting reminder that how important it is to set challenges and goals to to challenge ourselves while still retaining some sort of internal happiness and contentment. It's a difficult challenge, but Paula is a fascinating case study in that and a wonderful woman, and I appreciate having her on the podcast. Here she is, Paula Reed. Here we go then. Paula Reed, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for your time. How are you? I'm really good, thanks, Ed, especially now I've got a great big hairy goal in front of me. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say you just you just you just be watching Joe Wicks, but you're not talking about him. You're talking about your uh, your 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 huge mammoth rowing challenge. You've done one already this month with Eddie Izzard, but this one the, the, the next one's a little bit more challenging, isn't it? In a sense. Well, you could say that. <laughs> it's three thousand miles. <laughs> yeah, three thousand. You're going to row in December this coming year. We'll get we'll, we'll get into what you've done with with Eddie in a second, but the, the one that's on the horizon. Is December. You are rowing from the Canary Islands to Antigua. Is that correct? That's right. It's um, from La Gomera, one of the smaller Canary Islands, across to Antigua, and it's calculated to be about three thousand miles. Wow. Now I'm thinking it'd be great to be in the Canary Islands, but probably not to do a three thousand mile row at the moment. Um, what, what is your history of, of rowing, Paula? Well, I could say the the short answer is nothing. the long answer is also nothing no um i i haven't actually ever rode before um i have paddled i paddled the mekon as one of my adventures so i've done some stand-up paddling and and i've kayaked the thames so i've done kayaking and paddling i've never ever rode on water before and i've only just taken up um rowing on a rowing machine wow so you you've yet to get into the water have you Yes, yes. I, I, I do live on the coast. So it, um, 
<clears throat> it's accessible, but currently yeah. we're we're in the um, lockdown with COVID. So of course I can't even do that. So you're not so, allowed to go in the sea with a boat, are you at the moment? Is that right? You're not allowed to. Well, I I couldn't go on my own because I've never rode before. Ah. Um, there's safety con considerations, and I live really near Portsmouth Harbour, which is really busy. So I, mm. I wouldn't dare go out on my own in a boat right now. Um, no. 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 Yes, yeah, so, yeah. Is social distancing a concern for this transatlantic row? I guess when you're when you're battling twenty foot waves, it's probably coronavirus probably the least of your worries at that time. But I suppose in the world we're living in at the moment, there are rules and regulations. There, well, we'll have to wait and see. But the the same challenge is actually happening right now. So um, it happens every year in December, but it goes through to January because it does take anything between 32 days and, and maybe even 90 odd days for the solo rowers. Wow. So they have managed to do a, um, a COVID um, friendly, if you like, version this year. So I'm sure it will go ahead um, in December. But obviously, when you're in the middle of the Atlantic, you are pretty distanced. And you're in this rowing boat and you can't get out of the boat at any point. There's no sort of overnight stay in a yacht or anything, is there? You're literally there for the duration. Is that correct? That's right. And you're rowing 24 hours a day because that's the other thing people don't quite get. They say, oh, so I guess you all go to, you know, you go to bed or you go to sleep at night. And then do you start rowing again at six o'clock in the morning? <laughs> it's like, no, no, hold on. <laughs> We're rowing 24 hours a day. So um, depending on the size of the team, I'm in a team of four. Whoa. We're going to have two people rowing every two hours. So two hours on, two hours off, 24 hours a day for about 45 days. So the sleep deprivation is going to be pretty brutal, isn't it? I know you said that in the documentation you sent through to me, but just thinking about that, you need three hours for a proper sleep cycle, don't you? And you're not going to even get a good two hours, I'm guessing, propped up in a, in a boat. No, I reckon it's the one and a half hour sleep cycle. I reckon one sleep cycle every off watch or sometimes not even a sleep cycle um, mm. because we, we've got 12 opportunities to sleep every day, haven't we? Yeah. So, so if we tuck in a few one and a half hour sleep cycles um, and the other, the other times... I'm hoping to be like dancing and chatting with the, <laughs> with the two people that are rowing to give it a bit of uplift and entertainment. Are you going um, to be able to stand up where you are or are you going to have I, to sit down the whole time? I We're going to be clipped on. So, mm. so you know, obviously safety rules apply and we will be clipped on. But I'm planning to stand up quite a lot because some people just sit for the whole... I can't imagine Whoa. sitting for 40, 45 days. Um, and also some people have to get into the water clipped on again, but to scrub the hull because otherwise you collect too much, um, you know, green stuff and fish start to mm. see your boat as a bit of a sanctuary so i'm <laughs> hoping i'll be one of the ones to actually go into the water and scrub the belly of our boat yeah so really be, you yeah, get your free, blood, freeing you get your blood moving don't you really i suppose in your, in your yes. lower half <laughs> your upper half is going to be hammered but your bottom half you want to keep that blood moving yeah and i want to be able to stand up at the other end so that when we get off the boat in antigua i just don't fall flat on my face <laughs> so how long how long are you aiming for then what's your what's your is it what was your kind of goal for, for days or is it just getting there? Um, can you hear? Yep, I can hear you, Paul, well, if you we've, got me. As a team, we've discussed, our, yeah, yeah, sorry, it just cut off a bit there. Um, as a team of four, we've already shared our definition of success individually. And I think this is crucial. Um, for those of you that watched the, uh, perhaps the Cracknell Fogel row mm. across the Atlantic, they had very different understandings of what success was. So, to win on the one hand or perhaps something else like have an amazing experience or something so we've all discussed that and for us we've discussed that we want a decent time but not necessarily to win yeah so so we want to finish as friends and we want to enjoy the whole journey 
Uh, they're, they're more important than winning to us. So we're not one of those teams that are going to beast it and absolutely not look at the dolphins or the you know phosphorescence and not have a laugh. But we, we don't, one of our phrases, um, as a swear word involved, is not to be shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <That's good. laughs> which, which initially I hated. I said, you can't have don't be shit as one of our mantras because you've got two negative words in there and a swear word. But I actually, it's growing on me. Yeah, so, I like so, it. So, yeah, don't be shit is one of our um, yeah mantras, really. So we want to do our best, but still really enjoy experience. And one of them said she'd rather finish last and we're still friends than finish first and we're not talking to each other. Yeah, that's a good ethos, actually. That, the, the, you know, your ethos there could probably work for all, all walks of life. It's quite a nice... Oh, a nice don't be shit. <laughs> yeah, a nice motivational kind of sort of thing in your head every day you get up in the morning to, to approach it. But I suppose that's the key, isn't it, is, is not sort of stressing about getting there as quickly as you can, but also making enough progress where you don't get disheartened. That's the sort of balance, I suppose. Well, also, uh, as, as you know, Ed, I've studied psychology and I practice um, mm. performance psychology. And it's a known you know, evidence to think that if you are fairly relaxed and fairly happy, your performance goes up. Mm. So, so rather than you getting all tense and stressed and narrow minded and your brain starts closing in and your muscles start clenching and all that, it's better to have fun and laugh yeah. and relax and enjoy yourself. And then your body performs better and you're, and you're mentally performing better too. So actually it could be our secret weapon is having fun. Yeah, absolutely right. I think sometimes you look back at that, don't you? There's a, there's a tendency when we cover sports in particular to say to someone, oh, it's a massive game. How are you feeling? And are you thinking about this all the time? And actually, you find that the, the best sportsmen and women often don't really think about things too much in between training sessions. They're just kind of relaxed and, and in, have that outlook. It's, it's an interesting thing you, you learn as you, you get on in lots of walks of life that that state is, is really important. You seem to have like, it's interesting because I was talked about people with confidence and we had a, a, a coach on a sort of... Uh, confidence coach called Danny Sanger on the podcast and he was saying there is a sort of overarching general disposition of, of confidence and attitude which you definitely have to embrace something like this having never rode because I've always thought of confidence as relatively situational specific in things that you have experience in but you you tumble yourself in is that is that is that sort of psychological foundation that you've achieved that you just believe that that you can do pretty much anything that any other human can do um, in terms of a, a skill like rowing yeah, I don't think it's an empty one, though, Ed. I don't think it's just a belief that's that's not got any substance underneath it. Mm. I, I do feel confident. I have got belief or faith or whatever you want to call it. But it, it comes with some foundations of experience of adventuring, endurance, um, uh, challenges. I've sailed around the world. I did the Global Challenge Around the World Yacht Race 15 yeah. years ago. So I've lived on the sea for 10 months. Um, I've skied to the South Pole. I know that I'm very focused and determined and structured once I get a goal. So like this morning, uh, yeah, doing some Joe Wicks exercises. Um, but but I know I know myself. I, th I think any athlete or performer, you know, ideally they do know them, themselves. They have self-awareness and they know their strengths and they also know their areas of development. So I don't take it lightly, that confidence thing. Mm. It's not a false confidence. It's a realistic confidence. So although I've never rode before, I think that's almost one of the lesser skills on the list. If we're, if we're rowing for 40 days, 45, 50 days, you know, the teamwork, the technical uh, kit main and maintaining that, the attitude, the endurance, tenacity or mental toughness, or if you want to call it and resilience, I think that's all going to be bigger than the skills that inevitably I will acquire um, over the next 10 months and also learning on the job, as it were.
Yeah, and I suppose when you've been willing to learn as an adult, because we all have to learn a vast amount as kids, and when you, you're doing diverse things, as you say, the sailing, the, the skiing, you've, you've adopted these skills, what you come to realise is that although you may never be the best in the world at a particular skill, I've, I've tried to take up skipping during lockdown and a bit of boxing as well, just bo not boxing actually anyone else, but just boxing, kind of learning a few punches and stuff like that and, and as a workout. Um, what you realise is that repetition, even as we as we get older you can learn skills can't you so i suppose that's as long as you are prepared and, and have the structure to to learn it you you will learn how to row won't you i suppose that's the confidence you know that that if you're given time and, and you repeat the exercise enough you'll you'll get better at it yeah yeah and and the south pole trip i literally had um 10 months 11 months ish to prepare for that and i did and i was 100% ready by the time I started that and that included learning to free hill ski and pulling a pulk yeah. so I've got I've got the same time period and um, I believe that it takes about three months three months to get fit although that's just my own number uh, <laughs> but but 10 11 months to prepare for this I think is sufficient so long as I stay focused and determined which I am so and it's I, I love learning um, I've just taken my navigation course and I, and I really enjoyed nearly um, learning all the navigation <laughs> skills. <laughs> so there's a lot to learn, but it's great. You know, what a great thing to focus on in this year when we're still in lockdown. Yeah, learning is huge, isn't it? As soon as you learn and do something, discomfort is, is important as well to feeling content. It's a strange sort of contradiction, but I think I, I sometimes feel like that. If I, if I sort of feel like I plateaued, if I do something different or new, whatever it may be, listen to a Spanish CD in the car or something, I just feel like it's uh yeah just it's a challenge and it's it's fantastic that you've you've got that goal i mean rowing is my brother rowed at school actually he was pretty good at it and i've just found it brutal i do a warm-up sometimes in the gym ahead of a workout on the rowing machine i can't imagine doing a long time on it because it's every part of your body i did a fitness test a vo2 max test recently for a friend dr ranoff crook who runs the cotswold optimal health clinic in cheltenham just to sort of strip down my fitness and things like that i ended up falling off the rowing machine at the end when i was trying to go full pelt because i was wow. just out of uh out of coordination but it's a, it's a it's a challenging exercise but one that must fit you must feel when you're doing rowing to a good level that you feel super fit it's all round fitness isn't it your body top and bottom yeah everyone keeps saying it's it's a it's a brutal um type of sport to do and then obviously you've got your hands and your bum that are going to be battered as well so yeah. there's an element of the fitness is also hardening up things like hands and bottom <laughs> as well as well as the muscular and the and the and the technical skills involved but don't forget rowing the atlantic is an endurance row so we're not mm. aiming for high stroke rate um you know we're, we're aiming for a, a, a something like 18 to 22 stroke rate so so it's a long enduring row rather than beasting yourself like you probably did in in that test uh, yeah. <laughs> to, to a point of like falling off the row machine <laughs> yeah so, uh yeah. yeah yeah so strength helps obviously strength helps pull us along but um it's a it's a long slow stroke which is enduringly over time yeah and that's so where the, and, yeah. the psychology comes in how important you mentioned the sort of sitting on your bottom and i, I saw in the uh the information you sent out about the, the sleep deprivation but also the abrasions you can get and the, the, the sort of cuts and sores you can develop but i suppose having had that horrendous injury when you ski to the south pole it's probably everything else feels less daunting now 
Yeah, again, it's that it's that point of reference, isn't it? You know, when you've done something tough and you've pulled through, I've now got that to lean on psychologically. Uh, but physically, my both my thighs are quite scarred. So um, mm. I got polar thighs skiing to the South Pole. And basically, my flesh broke down quite dramatically and badly during the whole trip and afterwards, too, to the point where I had large open wounds on both my thighs. Um, so my, my, my thighs are now quite scarred, but I'm, I'm worried about, obviously, sunburn and mm. if i'm flying from the canaries to the caribbean it's generally going to be pretty warm i should think so <laughs> I, I am looking out for some sort of sunscreen shorts or something i can do to cover up uh but yeah that the anchor the the reference point of having pulled through with such a horrendous painful injury means that i know i can do it again if i have to i can dig deep is december the best time to do it do you feel because that's when it's organized isn't it the event yeah so so a lot of across the atlantic things like sailing or rowing uh, normally kick off in December-ish, November, December, because then you've got the prevailing conditions with you. Ah, because it seems counterintuitive to us. I think it's a sort of winter time. You'd feel like you do it in the summer, but that's interesting that it's all the sort of nautical stuff. Yeah, well, ideally on a good day, we've got the, uh, you know, the wind pushing us along and we're surfing the waves. So mm. we're obviously heading westwards. And, you know, on a good day, if we catch a good wave, we'll be surfing hopefully quite fast <laughs> awesome awesome do you, yeah. have to, do, you, do you you must love to see i know you're in portsmouth do you do you, you're a sea person do you feel good around it i'm a water baby yes definitely i love it i love it i'm i've always been a water baby i even love swimming underneath the surface and feeling that you know as if i was mm. alive underneath the sea but that's when i was a kid and i'm now doing the cold water swimming which is quite interesting as well to talk about isn't it Ed? that yeah the, the craze now for cold water swimming <laughs> It's cold showers massive. even <laughs> people say <laughs> co co contrast showers they're saying are good for you like have a bit of hot a bit of cold and, and people you know again it goes to that sort of thing of a bit of discomfort can yes. be it can be exhilarating can't it because when you get out of that cold water you feel sort of alive in a way that's that's hard to to replicate in your in your home with your central heating on yes we've got too comfortable haven't we mm. yeah so yeah disruption and discomfort i think uh to restart or fire up our brains and our bodies are you swimming in the sea at the moment or are you swimming in, in, in lakes? Yeah, no, um, I'm managing now that I'm down in Portsmouth again, I'm, I'm managing to swim in the sea. So it was 7.7 .7 degrees the other day. Wow. Uh, stayed in for about <laughs> 10 minutes. I was wearing a bikini because I, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got a swimsuit. So everyone's like, oh, my goodness, you've got a bikini. It's like, yeah, well. <laughs> it's, 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 get, it's getting out is the hard part. Well, once you're in, it's, get, it's hard to get in. And then once you get out, it's the wind of it. It's sort of wind chill can be. Can yeah, be I've got one of those huge wraps that that uh, that's all the rage these days brilliant brilliant yeah i've missed actually one of the big things i've missed is is, is getting down to the beach easily and we're supposed to go to devon next week i think but we're not going now because the airbnb's been put on hold because of lockdown so things mm. like that actually being relatively i mean by the uk standards people might listen to this in australia or america and think we've got a tiny True. country where we're all near to the sea but actually in cheltenham i'm relatively landlocked just the way that the the beaches work but um you get down to, to western supermare and, and wallow in the mud a little bit which is uh, which is a, it's, still, it's still nice to be by the by the seaside i find it invigorating having grown up in the, the caribbean for a portion of my childhood and things like that so uh, okay well, i know some people are sitting in hot um not hot tubs that's good too water butts is what i was going to say so some of the cold swimming people that are really missing not yeah. being able to travel at the moment they're literally filling up a water butt with cold <laughs> water or ice and i 
I just don't know how they get in and out of it because no. if you're on your own, how do you get out of a water it, bath? Well, it's supposed to be good. It's supposed to be. Good. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point actually. It's not not the way you want to go, is it? You're sort of stranded in a water bath. But it's <laughs> um, yeah, it's good for optimizing your immunity, isn't it? I suppose that that's yes. one of the things I'm, yes. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful about. You're obviously been someone that's that's used exercise as a vehicle for wonderful adventures, but you have become a, I'm, I'm sure very sort of core healthy because of it with your cardiovascular system i suppose that is what the moment we're hoping that there is an offshoot of us thinking actually we, we sort of need to look after ourselves in case something like covid19 comes around again yes and again also psychologically of course so um a lot of the science is saying if we can somehow somehow be cheerful which i know is difficult mm. um that also helps our immunity so having some sense of cheer and um Martin Seligman, the founding father, really, of positive psychology, um, he said he's not naturally a cheerful person, <laughs> funny enough. Yeah. Um, but he and his family bought a puppy, and it was the puppy that gave them some cheer. So he said anything you can do um, to try and sort of generate a bit of cheer um, is also good for your immune system. Yeah, I've, we found comedy's been good. We've been watching some of the old sort of Will Ferrell farcical comedy films. And there's um, Jerry Seinfeld has a series called Co uh, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. And there's, there's a couple with Ricky Gervais <laughs> that are, are really funny. Actually, you think just being around that rather than having too much um, of the news headlines, which, you know, you need to know a little bit about where you are, what restrictions are, et cetera, what the prognosis is for, for where we are as a country in a world with the pandemic. But actually... You don't need to be bombarded with that stuff, do you? You need to keep your thoughts as upbeat and, and control your controllables. And actually having a laugh, it's really funny how you can feel, isn't it? And it can bond you together, like my wife and I sitting in the evening and doing that. It does create a sort of warmth warmth around the whole the whole experience. Mm, yeah, we definitely need to get perspective back. So, um, yeah, laughing. And the media's, media's been shocking, I think. Mm. Um, there's yeah. something called the Constructive Journalism Institute, and they specialise in reporting the facts, but then trying to finish with a what can we do about it then sort of um, slant. Mm. So how can we have a constructive view of the news? Whereas, you know, the 10 o'clock news currently in the UK is is all stats which are pretty negative and worrying when you go to bed straight after. Yeah, yeah, we don't. Yeah, but there's, there is definitely that. And I think the problem with with news having been close to it in terms of sports broadcasting, work with news broadcasters down the years. If, if I'm doing the sport, they're doing the news on the radio. There is a sort of excitement that comes with, with negativity because there is a human condition. So you probably study this with psychology. And I know Tony Robbins talks about it. Of we're, we're wired to, to be attracted to negative headlines because in, in our ancestral path, it would have been more relevant to us to know if a tiger was over the hill than it would have been to know that it was sunny. So it's that kind of thing of, you know, whereas we're living a different world now, but that where our attention is still drawn to it. We're very much in the attention economy. And I always tell people you have to be aware now, particularly the way it's it's fractured with the with the media landscape that everyone's trying to get your attention and, and negativity does sell and, and, and fear and, mm. and panic. And they, I know for good reason, they're trying to protect the vulnerable at the moment and, and make everyone aware. But there is, you know, I know a lot of people in their twenties have been really anxious about it. And I said, well, look, your chance of getting ill and dying from this is like 0.05% or something. It's like, if you caught COVID, it's very low, but I think there has been a, a lot of fear, anxiety, which you do have to counter, don't you? Because the people who, like people who are at risk from it need to know, and the people who aren't, also need to be there's no point in them being overly fearful about going about their, their daily lives or going to work or whatever they have to do yeah we have a negativity bias of three to one so really for you know every three statements we need loads of positive ones or positive news to mm. counteract it or even just neutralize it um because of that survival instinct but i i th 
I'm just as worried about everyone's mental health as much as their physical health. So it's all well and good informing and educating, hopefully mm. constructively. Um, but but then there's, as you say, there's the mental health and the anxiety that kicks in if if the news isn't, you know, is trying to educate us. But yeah, we need this, we need this, this to, if it's dystopian. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it must be mm. particularly frustrating for you as well because I think it's probably quite sad actually reflected on sort of my life and I've been very fortunate I'm in an isolated unique case relatively that I've been still going to work still broadcasting albeit one presenter versus two presenters on set because of the, the social distancing and, and things like that there's less people at work but we're still going in still covering sport that's of course tinged with surreality because there's no fans there so it's a very different thing but on paper it's, mm. it's similar to what I was doing and in, in effect I work a lot of weekends and and week weekdays sorry weekends and evenings so it's you know my social life has always been interrupted by that anyway but even within that, I do feel like, oh, I shouldn't have been comfortable with this. This is, you know, all the things I've missed out on that I could have done before. I think maybe people are clocking the freedom they had before. You've always realised that freedom to do on these world exotic adventures and challenges. And I suppose for you, it must be very difficult, but at least you know that you've, you've utilised that freedom when you've had it and when, it, when it's coming back, you're going you're gonna to do it too. Yeah, you just have to adapt, don't you? You adapt. You Acceptance is is massive. Accept the situation for what it is. You know, there's nothing I can do about it. And as soon as you can accept something, you know, it relieves all that battle or tension of like, oh, I don't like this or I don't like that. <laughs> you know, it gets rid of all that because there's nothing you can do about it. So for me, acceptance is the first biggest thing that you can possibly do. Um, it is what it is and it will pass. So then you adapt. And I've adapted from you know, going to Antarctica or Chile or Indonesia <laughs> to uh, the, the adventures that are around your own home. Um, yeah. swimming, swimming in the sea and cycling and getting fit with Joe Wicks and all that. And I'm, I'm you know, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, he's, he's definitely a trailblazer, isn't he? Because he's so down to earth in terms of activating the population and getting us all moving and getting us healthy. I think he's a, he's a great character. What a brilliant strategy right from the start. I can't remember the date, but, but he was real early adopter, wasn't he? He was mm. fast in there with such a, brilliant concept and I've only just started watching him but he's making me laugh so much <laughs> yeah, yeah, talk about laughter <laughs> yeah it's just the important message the more you read and you speak to health specialists it's just move move you know and he's very much about yes. movement and silly movements and bunny ears yeah. and that sort of stuff it's, it's great the way he just he gets, you get, <laughs> he gets you on your feet it doesn't have to be complicated does it that's the, the point so. um it's really it's really good but we should mention the, the work you did with Eddie Izzard as well because you've already rode a marathon with Eddie yes. he was yes. running a marathon you were rowing one is that correct yes and Eddie Eddie prefers to be uh, referred to as a she now oh sorry um, Ed yeah. no that's that's fine it's it was a recentish announcement of hers so um so I I help um a, a nurse at a hospice uh Claire Hudson I, I coach her for free and she's in charge of 240 staff at a children's hospice mm. so so she's incredible um she knows Eddie's physio and um, recommended me to, to chat with Eddie. So Eddie recently ran 31 marathons in January, every day of January. Whoa. I know he'd done 27 in 27 before in Africa, hadn't he? But that yes. is phenomenal. I think, actually. I read she she had done that, sorry. Oh, yes. It's, it's, no, it's, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to sort of adjust and get into the habit. But, mm. um, yeah, 31 marathons in January. And it was called Run for Hope. And she was raising money to make humanity great again. So she's slightly political. She's got a thing about, you know, rising everyone together and making us all a bit more community spirited and less uh, biased or prejudiced, if you like. So cracking campaign. 
and the fact she was running 31 marathons in 31 days and then she did a stand-up gig each night straight after each marathon (laughs) how did she how did she physically handle it i know in africa she was hospitalized at at one point of that i had a spoke speaking on the joe rogan podcast about that a few a couple of years back so that's i mean it's she goes to deep places with her, her sort of body doesn't she yeah well she was on a treadmill because of covid so she was in a studio on a treadmill doing it so she had interestingly more sort of treadmilly injuries mm. so for instance um the drag of the leg backwards on a treadmill was was making her thighs suffer which is interesting isn't it yeah um lost a few toenails of course and Ooh. had various you know leg leg aches and pains but she did it amazing she's amazing and yeah. again her psychology you know she's got massive mental belief and positivity going on which she's had to probably develop over the years um so anyway anyway one of the tactics was to get people to talk with her, especially during the last hour of each of her marathons, just to keep her mentally distracted and, in, and entertained. Yeah. So I was, I was recommended in and uh, we chatted about skiing to the South Pole and sailing around the world. Had a fantastic half hour or so uh, before I was bumped off by Stephen Fry, who then came on <laughs> what? and chatted. I know, I know. Scandalous. <laughs> um, but, I, but I did commit. Um, that me and my team of four girls doing this row would row a marathon alongside her one of one day so we did so um, the Sunday before last the four of us four girls um, we linked in through um, an online platform and we all rowed together 42 kilometers 26 miles each wow while steady was running her how how long did it take did you do did you match it time for time or was presumably he was a bit far she was a bit faster was she running or no she was actually slower she was it was um uh, day 18 i think so she'd obviously she was a bit tired (laughs) um but also she takes it pretty easy and she stops for a wee and she (laughs) she she sometimes walks it and so on so so this was only the seventh time I'd ever rode on a rowing machine Whoa. and it took me five hours. <laughs> that is good. That is still really good for 26 miles. That is fantastic. I think to be fair, that, I don't think I could do anything Thank close you. to I'll that. I'll take I mean, that. That'd be, that'd be, I mean, that'd be good running and we've, we all, we're all used to running, aren't we? That's, you know, it's amazing when you think about it. I think I think the actual road time was four hours, seven minutes, but I obviously stopped for a bit of chat and we had social media going on and we streamed live to Facebook and we had people joining in and chatting to us and stuff. So there was a bit of faff as well. But yeah. yeah. So that was that was that was Eddie's stand up for humanity campaign. What about yes. for the, the road that you've got, the, the gargantuan Atlantic crossing? Yes, what so that's you... that's in December. Yeah. We're doing this, that for two charities, two quite different charities, actually. Um, <clears throat> one's called Noah's Ark Children's Hospice, which is in Barnet, North London. Yeah. And the other one is called the Felix Fund, which is uh, for bomb disposal personnel. Wow. So personnel that are affected but through their jobs, obviously. And they're called the Felix Fund, interestingly, after Felix the cat, um, <laughs> because a cat has nine lives. Oh. So I think that's quite a good, yeah, that's why they're called the Felix Fund. That's really clever. Well, that's two completely different sort of organisations. That's fantastic. Yes. Are, they, are they close to your heart or are they some of the other members of the team? Yes, there's reasons why we're supporting both of those. We could support many more, but then the money gets diluted across. So, so those are the two charities we've decided to support with this. Yeah. Um, and our team is called The Mothership because uh, the idea is that we're four working mothers mm. and we're having to juggle cooking and homeschooling <laughs> and working and training for the row. So how, how, many, how many kids have you Mothership. got, Paula? Have you... I've got two stepchildren. Two stepchildren. And how, but, how's that um, been? homeschooling 
Oh, I have. They're old. They're old. They both got jobs. Oh, <laughs> they're working. They're working full time. So I've no good. idea. Good, 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 good. Um, but the other three in the team, uh, Joe Pipper and um, Felicity, they've they've got young children, so yeah. they're they're working and homeschooling and running houses and trying to train and do some fitness. So more credit to them than me, really. That's phenomenal. Um, yeah, it makes you. Make yeah, sense. we can, we can't ever complain again, any of us, when you hear that you know, people are, people are doing that much stuff. It's it's fantastic. Well, even during this marathon row with Eddie. Pippa was making some sourdough and it was so funny because she's like running to and from the kitchen she's like, oh I've just got to check the sourdough it's like very impressive <laughs> yeah yeah I don't quite know how my head falls off my shoulders just thinking more than one one thing I know that's been a man or whatever but yeah it's uh, that's incredible the multitasking is <laughs> is fantastic and so how can we find out and support Pippa is it is it best for Paula sorry not Pippa but <laughs> talking about Pippa Paula that's through right. you through your um through your website is that the best place to go yeah we've got a website we've got a facebook page we've got twitter insta the usual lot and the charity of course so um if people generally look for the mothership i'm hoping it will come up but um our website is is themothership.co.uk um yeah i think and the charity link is on there that's probably the easiest and best way to find us and we're also going to be streaming a live interview with us every two weeks on Sunday evenings through our Facebook live page. So again, it's Facebook, Mothership, and then TWAC. So the challenge is called the Taliska Whiskey Atlantic Challenge. Yeah. Is that, is so, that is a whiskey brand, is it? Taliska? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good. One. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really into whiskey, but <laughs> they're certainly doing a good cause there. So that's fantastic. Um, I think, yeah, I think whiskey companies support quite a lot of adventurous expedition stuff because they can picture you sort of sitting on top of a mountain drinking whiskey yeah. or something like that while the sun's yeah. setting. <laughs> but it can, can, can be risky. To, it can be an adventure to drink whiskey, but yeah, in moderation for sure. Yeah, well, certainly not when you're rowing across an Atlantic Ocean. No. Maybe Christmas Day or New Year's Eve, we might have a little tot of something. Yeah, when you get there, warm up a little bit. Although, as you say, it's going to be sunny in, in Antigua when you arrive. So it's probably. Yeah, that'll be rum. Oh, shouldn't say that. <laughs> yeah. that, might, that might be another type of alcohol. <laughs> that, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that violates terms and conditions, but I'm sure, be, <laughs> sure, I'm sure after you've rowed the Atlantic, you can say pretty much whatever you want, especially for those good, those good causes. Well, Paula, look, it's been fantastic to catch up i'm really inspired just by what you're doing and speaking to you again and your upbeat positivity and your i guess uh, willingness to embrace new challenges is inspiring i think we can all take that on board especially at the moment as we're all having to pivot in different ways and, and learn new things so i think it's yeah. um, it's it's really again beneficial to to get your take on things thanks ed thanks it makes such a difference just to have the mindset of you know being a bit more positive and hopeful optimistic constructive and all that so i think it does make a difference to us all certainly does do you reckon you can come on just before you do the row in december or something like that maybe get definitely up or something like that. yes yeah, and afterwards and yeah yeah i'll be no more knowledgeable then and you never know we can always <laughs> try and do one while i'm in the middle of the atlantic yeah i'll try and i'll try i'll, I'll keep on my skipping and hope i'll be a better skipper by then and you'll be uh, you'll be able to row the atlantic so we'll compare notes Thank you, Paula. We'll speak again soon. Good luck with that. Thanks, Ed. Bye. So there we have it. Paula Reed. fantastic to speak to her. Love that concept of pushing ourselves out of the comfort zone, that the great things, the growth in life comes from being uncomfortable. It's a duality. You don't want to be unhappy and discontent, but you also you want to feel happy and content in that process of pushing yourself somehow and seeking that discomfort which I think life does anyway and I look at my daughter who's six now every stage every year at school they're expected to do more they have to be embrace that challenge to learn to read to write to study 
the fundamentals of science and mathematics and things like that. And then you think at some point we had this opportunity and maybe in our 20s or wherever it may be when we get into the workforce where you just you can do your job and become happy with that. And it becomes about just plateauing to a certain extent. Even the job that you've done, you've kind of reached a certain level and it gets harder to improve, doesn't it? You have to focus more and more and double down on it. So it can be improving what you're doing, but then maybe taking on other challenges, other hobbies, other sports, um, chess, whatever it may be, just to challenge yourself. I think there's there's a feeling of, of that growth that you have as a child just keeps you a sense of resilience and a sense of self-respect as well, which is really interesting. And obviously, Paul is doing this fantastic row for really good charity, particularly so the Phoenix Bomb Disposal, Felix Bomb Disposal Charity is fantastic, but I think for all of us, the Noah Arks Child Hospice is a is a fantastic effort. And just the whole commitment for these women to do that is is hugely inspirational. So I thank Paula for her time. Check out Paula Reed's website and uh, the Mothership link on Facebook, wherever you'd like to, to hook up with them. They're across all the, all platforms, I believe, and, and get involved and maybe contribute and sponsor them to do this this epic activity. Thank you for listening to, for listening to the podcast. Appreciate it. I'm on leave for the next week or so, but I've got one coming up that I've already got in the can, a podcast with a colleague of mine at Sky Sports, Joe Wilson, who is a female presenter at Sky Sports News, who moved from London to the Cotswolds in the midst of the pandemic and then became a mother as well. So she's going through that and sort of the whole process, the seriality of it and the, the pros and cons of not being able to see family, particularly her mum, I think is significant for her and her dad. But the, the simplicity maybe has been positive for us. So it's a really interesting conversation about motherhood, changing priorities, and how that's going to chime with, with our jobs as sports broadcasters, where we work a lot of unsociable hours, weekends, evenings, etc. So that's a really cool chat with Joe coming up next week. But I'm actually on leave. I'm going to be doing DIY painting, much to probably the terror of my wife, <laughs> as I try to do anything practical around the house. It doesn't always go well. But thank you for listening to the podcast. If you could rate it on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on, that would be fantastic. And uh, check out the sponsors of the podcast as well. If you're looking to boost your home entertainment, boost your sort of, uh, I guess, your ambience while you're home working with the sound system, uh, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, sponsors of the podcast. They are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installations. Can source fantastic home cinemas, big screens, that kind of thing. Give you a wonderful setup televisually and audio wise as well. And it's interesting, a lot of people at work since you're buying televisions at the moment, big 55-inch jobs and stuff just because of being stuck at home, I guess. It motivates them to to try and enjoy Netflix or the sport, particularly for a lot of my colleagues being sports fans, of course. Um, but yeah, check out Bangloss and Cheltenham. And if you are looking to optimize your immunity, do recommend, recommend in particular the Immune Complete range from Cytoplan, but have a raft of other supplements on there. And if you wanted to specifically look at zinc or something like that as a trace element, which has again been linked to positively combating those people who have seriously suffered from COVID-19, but just generally, holistically, supplements on there to maybe top up a diet that in theory may be good, but maybe it's calorically low because we're eating less than our ancestors uh, because we're predominantly sedentary. We're not mobile. We're sitting at home on computers, on Teams calls and Zooms calls. Apologies if you're a landscape gardener or a farmer or something where you're not, but the vast majority of us. But if you'd like to get some supplements from cytoplan.co.uk, go to cytoplan.co.uk and the discount code is draper10r, the numbers one zero and then the capital letter R, Draper10R, discount code for cytoplan.co.uk. And it's 30% off up front and 10% thereafter. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Appreciate it, guys. If you'd like to follow me on social media, it's Ed Draper81, sports broadcaster 
in the UK. That's Ed Draper 81 on Twitter, Ed underscore Draper 81 on Instagram. I have a Facebook page as well if you'd like to hook up there. But I hope you're well. I hope you're getting through this stuff physically, mentally, all the stuff, the anxiety over health, the anxiety over finance. And I hope this podcast in a way helps speaking to inspirational characters like Paula Reed. Thank you, guys. Go well. Bye for now.